and welcome to Newsmax Daily for Thursday, August 17th, 2023, National Nonprofit Day, designated in honor of the positive impact that nonprofit organizations have on communities and in making the world a better place in general. The history of Nonprofit Day dates all the way back to the Tariff Act, signed into law on August 17th. 1894, which established a federal tax exemption for nonprofit organizations. Hopefully, you support at least one nonprofit organization. It is also National Black Cat Appreciation Day. I have to get that in there so the cat people don't come at me. And on the food calendar, it is hashtag National Vanilla Custard Day. Put that on the list for dessert today or maybe for your late night snack. In the headlines, the war in Ukraine rages on as the Russian ruble becomes practically worthless and Vladimir Putin becomes more desperate. Russian drones are now striking grain storage facilities and ports along the Danube River, which are also very vital after Russia broke off the agreement to use the ports along the Black Sea, blocking grain exports. This escalation demonstrates Moscow continues to prevent grain and foodstuffs from reaching those who need it most throughout the world. It is unacceptable. Putin simply does not care about global food security. Yes, he did say food stuff, but it is a very serious situation. That State Department spokesman, Vadan Patel, many of Russia's drones, don't forget, are supplied by Iran, who we... The U.S., the Biden administration, wants to give a couple of billion dollars. More on that coming up. Here at home, the Georgia indictments and the devastation from the deadly wildfires in Hawaii, which looks like a war zone, are the big stories. The death toll in Maui surpassing 100 yesterday. Officials say they have only reached about half of the homes and businesses that were destroyed. We get more from Greta Van Susteren. Responders in Maui with the grimmest of jobs, they are sifting through ashes. That's what left of the Hawaiian town. The death toll has reached 106, but that's certainly not the true number of deaths. Right now, more than 1,000 people are missing, including children. Families are being asked to provide DNA samples to help identify the victims. So far, only five of the 106 found dead have been identified. Hawaii Governor Josh Green says it will likely take weeks to identify all those lost. Earlier today, the White House announcing President Biden and the First Lady will travel to Maui. They'll head there on Monday and meet with first responders, survivors, and other officials on the island. So President Biden and the First Lady will go to Hawaii on Monday. A couple of weeks ago, August 3rd to be exact, if you want to go back and listen, this was after the third Trump indictment, I featured a Greta Van Susteren interview with Franklin Graham, the son of the late Reverend Billy Graham, speaking out against the DOJ and what has been going on politically in our country and in support of President Trump. Then I mentioned Franklin Graham's amazing organization called Samaritan's Purse, and that I had recently learned a lot about the organization and its missionary work all over the world when I was working in Charlotte, North Carolina last year, not far from Samaritan Purse's headquarters. And as I suspected, they are already on the ground in Maui. Back to Greta. Samaritan's Purse like always, is already in Hawaii, working with local partners in the state's emergency management. Samaritan's Purse Chief Operating Officer Edward Graham joins me from Maui. Edward, um, how bad is it? You've been to almost every disaster I can think of, um, but tell me tell me what it's like there. It's, I've heard from other people and we've seen the ground. It is like a war zone. I mean, it's complete destruction. 
And it's hard to describe for televiewers, even hard for videos. I'll be going actually into the community uh, today, this later this afternoon, to see more of the destruction real up close for myself. Um, but just talking to the survivors, talking to some of my military friends um, that have been in there and looked at it, and they reminds them reminds them of Ramadi or Fallujah. It's just complete destruction, and I can't imagine living through that. The response here, and you talk about the response factor. I mean, I mean, this is an island. I mean, you can only have so many planes on the tarmac. So I imagine you got your DC-8 in there. You unload it, and you got to get it out of there so another plane can get in. I mean, is it, are you seeing planes coming in and out, sort of like in Haiti during the earthquake response? It is. It's busy on the airfield. We see planes come in all the time, but we also see planes. This is Hawaii. People coming here. There's other parts of the island you can't visit. And so even the commercial flights are coming in. So the runway is busy. There's military flights that are coming in. The military has done a great job, always wants to help um, and then work with the local officials. They come. They just can't come in. They have to come in at the invitation. But military flights are coming in and out. There's a lot of people chartering aircraft. I just got a note from someone else. They, they chartered a uh, Falcon jet to come over here and drop off supplies, and they're trying to deliver it to churches. The churches are the hub of the activity. A lot of people are working through the local churches, which is great. That's what we do at Samaritan's Purse as well. But it is a busy place. We all floated that DC-8. Um, they were allowed to spend the night here, but they had to be all first thing in the morning to allow more people to come in. Edward Graham, the grandson of Reverend Billy Graham and Chief Operating Officer of Samaritan's Purse. Just an amazing organization, an amazing group of people and they don't do it for the praise obviously but i give them praise because i know what they do around the world literally and it's great to hear that america is doing what we always do right we're coming together when it counts the most to help our neighbors in need unfortunately we can never ever seem to come together even a little bit when it comes to politics greta van susteren who is also a veteran attorney spoke about the Trump indictments with Senator Ted Cruz, also an attorney. I think it's pretty plain that half the country right now is pretty disenchanted with the judicial system and half the yeah. country is cheering it on. We, that we have a former president facing four indictments, criminal indictments, uh, three federal, ones, uh, two federal, two state. Um, you know, what, what do you tell the American people as they look at this and actually almost the world? They're, they're watching our former president uh, on trial. Well, look, you and I both spent the majority of our careers practicing law. And to see what is happening here, I, I think it is outrageous. I am pissed. Our, our nation is over two centuries old. We've gone over two centuries until this year. We had never once had a president of the United States indicted. We'd never once had a former president of the United States indicted. We'd never once had a leading candidate for president indicted. And we've seen in the past year that happen not once, not twice, not three times, but four separate times. It started out with the rabidly partisan district attorney in New York with a ridiculous indictment. It went from there to an indictment from Jack Smith, the very partisan special counsel in the Biden Justice Department for, for Trump's possession of classified documents. Mind you, at the exact same time that Joe Biden illegally had multiple classified documents stored all over the place, including in the garage next to his old Corvette. No prosecution, no, no consistent standard of justice there. Number three was Jack Smith's indictment in D.C. for the events of January 6th, another partisan indictment. And the most recent is this rogue DA in Georgia, an elected Democrat. All four of these indictments, I believe, are an abuse of the legal process. They are the weaponization of law enforcement 
trying to attack the political opponents of the White House, and, and, and I think it is profoundly harmful, harmful to the rule of law. Texas Republican Ted Cruz on Newsmax. And what about the appointment of Delaware attorney David Weiss as the special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation? So absolutely, there should be a special counsel. There should have been a special counsel two and a half years ago. David Weiss is a terrible decision, and and it was an abuse of power for Merrick Garland to name David Weiss. As you know, I, I do a podcast every week. I do it three days a week. It's called Verdict with Ted Cruz. It comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And in the podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz, we do a deep dive into the issues of the day, into what's happening. And so we've expanded one of the podcasts that I did just recently is entitled The Illegal Appointment of David Weiss. Under the Department of Justice rules, the attorney general can only appoint as a special counsel someone from outside the Department of Justice. The reason is you appoint a special counsel when there's a conflict of interest, when there's a reason to believe that the attorney general has divided political loyalties, as is the case here. And here, I don't even think it's divided. He is nakedly partisan. David Weiss is the sitting U.S. attorney in Delaware. He's ineligible under the DOJ rules. So why did Merrick Garland appoint him? The reason Merrick Garland appointed him is David Weiss has already demonstrated that he is very willing to actively cover up Hunter Biden's wrongdoings, and even more importantly, to protect Joe Biden. Senator Ted Cruz pumping his podcast on the record with Greta Van Susteren weeknights at 6 Eastern. It actually is a pretty good podcast. I think I may have told you this story before, but I had the pleasure of meeting Ted Cruz one time. We were involved in an event together. It was here in Orlando. Uh, Sean Hannity, the late Herman Cain, a couple other uh, people were there. And when we wrapped up, it was like 1030 at night maybe, and Ted Cruz says, Tony, where can we get a steak? <laughs> I'm like, Ted, most people come to Florida, they want seafood. Don't you eat steaks all the time in Texas? Greta Van Susteren's show, The Record, is followed by Rob Schmidt tonight, who has more on the investigation into the Bidens. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this corruption, this blatant corruption we're seeing right now. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, joins me now. Sir, good to have you back on. Uh, I'm going to start off with a a pretty tough question here. I spoke earlier this afternoon with one of the many Biden whistleblowers. I'm not going to say who, uh, but he really came at me and asked why the GOP is going so soft on Joe Biden while the left is just gutting, skewering Trump right now. They have four indictments on the table. And even with this mountain of evidence, visible corruption that we can all see, um, the GOP really doesn't feel like they're bringing out the heavy artillery. And I wanted to ask you straight up why that's happening. Well, Rob, I think we're going uh, as quickly as we can with the investigation. They're obstructing us every step of the way. I'm trying to be uh, transparent with the American people. It seems like about every two weeks we have another drop of information, major information that shows more criminality by the Biden family with respect to uh, indicting someone. If I had the power to indict uh, a Biden, I would have already indicted the president's son by now. But unfortunately, I'm in yeah. Congress and, and we don't have the, the power that the Department of Justice has. What we can basically do is serve as a, a de facto general counsel, a special counsel. And that's what I feel like the House Oversight Committee has been well, doing. Let me ask We've you. been getting the facts. We've been leading the investigation. Uh, we're going to submit uh, everything we have to the American people and to the Department of Justice. We had a judge that listened to us. When she was uh, about, you know, when they were trying to get that sweetheart plea deal for the president's son, and she took the information we sent her 
and rejected that plea deal. So I think we're making progress. It's just very frustrating when the Democrats hold all the power. So there you go. There's the answer to your question. Kentucky Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee investigating the Bidens. Congress does not have the ability to indict. They need the Department of Justice to indict. So don't hold your breath. And this has been under the radar the last few days because of all the Trump indictment news. As I said yesterday, the Georgia indictment is working. It's doing exactly what they wanted it to do, keeping the president and his son out of the headlines. It's all Trump, 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 Trump. So you may not know that the Biden administration is being accused of secretly negotiating with Iran and offering billions of dollars, as I mentioned at the open, for a prisoner swap or related to a prisoner swap. Former government official and CEO of the Center for America First Policy Institute, Fred Flights on American Agenda. Fred, I'll start with you. What's the problem with this deal? Well, it, it, it sounds like a good agreement, this prisoner swap, but in fact, this agreement is part of a much larger secret unwritten agreement that will allow Iran to enrich uranium to a very dangerous level, uh, 60% uranium-235, and keep its nuclear infrastructure. And what's so appalling about that is that it has been negotiated in secret as an oral unwritten deal so Congress can't see it. That prevents Congress from reviewing it, conducting oversight under a 2015 law that requires nuclear deals with Iran to be overseen by Congress. So essentially, the administration is claiming that there is no deal when, in fact, there's a very substantial and very dangerous deal. Fred Flights, CEO for America First Policy Institute and Newsmax contributor on Wednesday's edition of American Agenda. We're talking Iran. We're talking secret deals. We're talking nuke. We're talking millions and millions of dollars in foreign money paid to Joe Biden and his son through shell companies. But all anyone wants to talk about is Donald Trump. Now the Fulton County District Attorney is proposing a March 4th trial date for the former president and 18 others for allegedly trying to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in the state of Georgia. March 4th, by the way, is one day before Super Tuesday, and a New York trial for Trump in the hush money case is set for March 24th. Trump legal spokesperson and general counsel for the Save America PAC, Alina Haba, was on Newsmax yesterday. Alina, welcome, and thank you very much for coming on. There's sort of a deadline already next Friday when the president must appear along with all those other co-defendants. Uh, talk to me about the president's schedule, and is this <laughs> realistic if we could see a trial within the next six months? So the first with the schedule, obviously he'll appear um, he's done that now three times because it's evidently indictment season. Um, but he'll appear before Friday as he's supposed to. There's no reason we wouldn't cooperate. We always cooperate. Uh, as to the trial in six months, you know, I watched her say that she's going to try 19 defendants in six months in Georgia where they're backed up right now, actually. And they're hearing other RICO cases that are in month eight that are not nearly as complex and don't have that many defendants. So I'd love to see how that going to happen. Um, I think that everybody has to understand when you bring something of this magnitude, when you bring these many defendants, you're now going to have 
19 different counsel, 19 different requests for discovery, 19 different people you have to fight motions against. It's, you know, even if they try and consolidate in a motion, it's heavy motion practice. It's not easy uh, in terms of, uh, you know, for any of my civil litigation. Now, for criminal litigation, you, you can imagine, you know, everybody is looking out for themselves and it's complex. And what she said just didn't even make sense. It's unrealistic. She said a lot of things that didn't make sense. Alina Haba, general counsel for the Save America Political Action Committee. Former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows, one of the 18 others charged, is already trying to get his case moved out of Georgia to a federal court, arguing that what he is being charged with happened when he worked for the federal government. Donald Trump and others will likely make that same argument. President Biden, who tried to sell Bidenomics to the people again yesterday as the stock market closed lower again out of concerns of more interest rate hikes, will travel to Pennsylvania today to pay his respects to Ellen Casey, the former first lady of Pennsylvania, in advance of her viewing. Then he will go to Camp David. And I mentioned North Carolina earlier with that Samaritan's Purse story. The North Carolina legislature voted to override vetoes from the Democratic Governor Roy Cooper on several bills last night, including three that target transgender youth. The overrides, which passed mostly along party lines, means bills that ban gender-affirming care for minors, restrict how gender identity can be discussed in schools, and prohibits gender athletes from competing on girls' sports teams are now all law in the state of North Carolina. You'll hear more about all these stories on Newsmax. And if you're not yet watching Newsmax for some reason, don't forget it's available on most major cable systems. If you have AT&T, Comcast, Cox Cable, Spectrum, Xfinity, Dish, or DirecTV, it's also available on platforms like Apple TV, Amazon, Roku, Zumo, and some others that you may have. And be sure to download the Newsmax app on your smartphone so you can watch your favorite shows anywhere, anytime. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. Enjoy the rest of your day or night and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.